stones in our faith. And this is coming after our Lenten series where we explored our faith. And so this is an opportunity for folks to share those milestones that helped bring them to where they are right now. And so last week you heard about Kent and a moment where he realized what it felt like to be used as an instrument for God. And today I'm talking about what it means to trust in a sense of call. And next week we'll hear from Ramiro and then few, many other people as the summer goes on. I invite you to as you listen to these homilies, to think about maybe what your milestone is. I know Kent and I would love to hear about it. It's 2006, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, in the heat of summer. I'm 16 years old, and though I consider myself well-traveled, I've never been below the Mason-Dixon line until now. It's been 10 months since Hurricane Katrina decimated the coast, killing nearly 2,000 people and displacing even more. Three youth groups from the south shore of Massachusetts decided to band together and join the relief efforts for their yearly mission trip, which we affectionately and informally referred to as work camp. It was mid-afternoon, and we were walking down the street after visiting a small neighborhood, the kind where the houses look like they're made of plywood and there may or may not be running water, We were visiting to deliver school supplies for the children and visit with the residents and ask them and learn about what other needs they have or what other issues might be weighing on their mind. I can still see what the road ahead looked like. There were sidewalks on either side and mature, lush trees, a canopy over the street like a half-open stadium dome. It was hot And the air was thick with a humidity that even New England summers hadn't prepared me for. Everything was sticky. There was no hope of not being sticky. You just had to lean into the sticky. So I was walking down the street, and my church's pastor, Ginger Brasher Cunningham, was on my left. And Don Remick was up. He's currently our um, conference minister. He was the pastor of one of the churches. He was up a little bit ahead of us. And suddenly, I was going to be a minister. It was like discovering a freckle you've never noticed before. It's, it's permanent, it's undeniable, and unremarkable. It truly felt unremarkable. It wasn't a change, so much as a sudden awareness of a reality that had always already been there. Like looking closely in the mirror and realizing that your brown eyes also have flecks of gold in them. It was like new memories had been implanted in my brain. As soon as I realized that I was going to be a minister, I couldn't imagine ever having wanted to do anything else. You know, when when non-religious folks ask me how I decided to go into parish ministry, I typically say that I realized it was where my passions and skills intersected. That once it occurred to me that parish ministry was actually a career option, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. But that's not entirely truthful. Truthfully, you see, it didn't feel like a choice at all, or even a decision, really, as much as something that was already a reality, even if my timeline hadn't caught up to making it happen. It's like when you feel an itch on your arm. You don't really stop and think before you scratch it. You, just, you don't choose to scratch it, you just do Or when you feel a sneeze coming on, 
you can't really stop it. You can delay it, but it finds its way out eventually, and it feels really good when it does. God was letting me know that I had been called to ministry. It wasn't really a question in my mind. It was just a simple fact that I became newly aware of. But that's not the milestone. The milestone for me is the role that this call, or more importantly, the role that trusting this call has played in my faith and in my response to my life circumstances and how I relate to God. My calling taught me what it means to have faith, to trust in God. I graduated from seminary in 2016 and began a year of job hunting, or as they call it in ministry, the search and call process. It was brutal. At first, there was only one opening available, and I made it to the final round and was one of two finalists, and then I was rejected. And that same week, my little sister moved across the country to California, as did my best friend from home and my best friend from grad school moved to Pennsylvania. I had a temping job that when combined with Medicaid, food stamps, and the occasional trip to the food pantry allowed me to pay rent and eat, but I was lonely and devastated, like crying on the tea, lonely and devastated. It was months until the next opening was posted. And in that time, I had cried over being given fresh basil at the food pantry, finished one temp assignment, and been placed in a new, lower-paid one. As I worked my way through the interview process for the next available associate pastor job, I eventually got an offer. There were no other vacancies available at the time. So we'll come back to that. You see, that year was one of the most difficult, discouraging periods in my life. And yet I kept coming back to my sense of call. God called me to ministry, a call that had been affirmed by representatives of all the local churches in my ecclesiastical council after a three-year ordination process. God had called me to ministry, and that meant that I was going to be a minister. Stepping off the path would only be delaying the sneeze. I got an offer from a church that didn't feel right. There were no other vacancies available at the time. I had faith that this really was what I meant, was meant to do with my life. I can't say that I believe in fate or predestination more that I had been made for this purpose. This was the path my soul had been set on. When it felt like everything was out of my control, my friends moving away, my paycheck and my finances, my job prospects, I had to find a way to stop trying to control the things that I couldn't. I realized that the reason I didn't just stop temping and apply to more permanent and better paid non-ministry jobs was that I trusted God. I trusted my call. God had called me to ministry and I was going to be a minister. It still feels a little weird for me to explain this phenomenon of trust since I'm generally pretty quick to acknowledge that I don't really believe in fate. 
And yet, the more I think about it, the more I realize that this wasn't about trusting in some future plan that God had for me, but rather it was about trusting my purpose. This might seem too simple of an analogy, but it's like a hammer encountering a whole lot of screws, but knowing and trusting that its true purpose is something else, and that when it finally finds a nail with the right application and effort, everything will click. It still might be hard, it still might take a few tries, but it will be right. I believe that we are all called to something. You know, for some of us, our sense of call overlaps with our profession. Doctors, teachers, clergy, school bus drivers. It becomes our vocation. For others, the purpose to which we are called might not be the thing that pays our bills, but something we do in our spare time, like mentoring or gardening or painting. I think it's a common misconception that the only folks who feel a calling are those who are in helping professions. I think a call is that what happens when God points out our gifts and asks us to use them, to bake, to build, to teach, to paint, to parent, to tend, to mend, to sing, to analyze, to pray. I trusted that God made me this way, with these passions and these skills. I simply had the privilege of realizing early on that the point at which these passions and skills intersected was ministry. I believe that God calls us all to something. And that it is indeed a privilege to be able to discern that call so clearly and unambiguously. So it's not always the case. So I encourage you all to spend some time thinking about what it is that you could be made for. What is it that fills your soul so full that it spills out and lifts up those around you? Whether it's passersby who stop and admire your garden or surgery patients who are able to embrace life anew? What is it that makes your heart sing? When do you feel truly yourself, that you are doing what you are made to do? What could it look like to embrace that as your calling, to really, really trust that God made you for this? If you were able to trust that God made you to paint, Would you be able to approach a new technique with courage and joy rather than skepticism or self-doubt? If you trusted that God made you to raise children as a parent or otherwise, would you look at your parenting decisions with more self-compassion? Or perhaps be able to internalize that you do have something to offer a child? If you could trust that God made you to find order amidst chaos, to doggedly pursue sense, would you apply for that prestigious math fellowship or push through your shyness to raise your hand more in class? You know, truthfully, I think in some ways it's easier to answer God's call than to fully trust it. Trust is scary. And maybe that's the point, though. Back to our story, I had received an offer from the only church with a vacancy, and during the interview process, I had realized that it didn't feel like quite the right fit. 
Turning it down was one of the scariest things I have ever done. Turning that offer down meant that I had no more prospects for this foreseeable future. I had no idea when the next opening would arise. No idea where my next rent check might come from. My parents and friends talked about how maybe this was where God was sending me. They talked about how turning this down with no other available options would be financially irresponsible. Was this a challenging call from God, or was this simply not where I was being called? Was this just a tickle in my nose, never destined to become a sneeze? I spoke to my then-pastor, Pam, at the time, who, in true pastor fashion, refused to tell me what decision she thought I should make, (laughs) and we're tricky like that, and instead reminded me to pray about it. She said that instead of asking everyone else in my life if this was the right place for me, I should ask God and myself. So I prayed and listened and trusted, and I held on to the trust that just like my call to ministry, when God was calling me to a church, I would know it like I knew my own name. I'd simply, it would be a new awareness of reality. The last day of the discernment window that they gave me, I declined the job offer. The next day, United Parish posted an opening for acting associate pastor, and I sneezed. Amen. <laughs>